Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Hadley Heath Manning, Senior Policy Analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. Today, I'm here with our very own Kerry Lucas, who's the Managing Director at the Independent Women's Forum. And we're going to be discussing an event that happens in mid-April every year. This year, it falls on April 14th. It's called Equal Pay Day. Kerry, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks, Hadley. It's great to talk to you. So first of all, what is Equal Pay Day? What does it mean and why do some people celebrate it? Well, the concept behind Equal Pay Day is that this is the day of the year when women will have finally earned enough in 2015 to make up for what they weren't paid in 2014. So it's to make up for last year's wage gap. Um, there's this statistic that comes out every year from the Department of, of Labor that compares men and women's earnings. And it says women only make about 77 cents or 77 percent of what men make. And therefore, we have to work further into the next year to um, uh, to make up for that that gap from last year. And that's the, what the feminists want us to believe anyway when they start celebrating Equal Pay Day. Yeah, that sounds really unfair if women in general make less money than men just because we're women. So would you say it's true or false that women are unequally paid? Yeah, you know, this is um, the, the, it would be outrageous if this were true, but the good news is, is that it's actually not true. That's not what's going on here. It is absolutely true that if you look at the full-time, um, the earnings of a full-time working woman and compare them to the full-time earnings of a, of a man, women are making less than men do. Um, but that doesn't really tell us anything about the role for discrimination of just the discrimination plays. And it certainly doesn't tell us, um, if men and women are making the same for equal work. Um, that's because, as we, we know, statistics can be kind of complicated, and this statistic isn't taking into account things like the number of hours worked each day, uh, the occupation you're working in, the, your specialty. Um, uh, there's a whole host of factors that we all know that go into effect how much someone earns from a job. Um, and so really, this doesn't tell us, doesn't tell us much, much at all about discrimination, and that's why it's misleading to say that this is that you women are paying, being paid 77 cents on the dollar for equal work because we're not talking about equal work at all. Yeah, I took a statistics class in high school, and I'm pretty sure we would call those things confounding variables, but it's been a long time since I took a statistics <laughs> class. Um, so there are actually some laws and proposed laws that I hear a lot about on Equal Pay Day. So what are some of the laws that already exist that have to do with equal pay, and what are some other laws that are proposed to deal with this issue? And, and you know, how do we make sense of what those pieces of legislation are? Yeah, you know, and it's um, it's actually it's very interesting because you're right that on equal pay day you'll hear a lot of people you know pounding the podium and saying you know we need to make equal pay the law of the land and somebody might scratch their head and say like wait a second how can um, President Clinton how could um, you know President Obama have sat by for years and years and not pass a law that says uh, you know, equal pay should be the law of the land. Um, well, the truth is that you know, that would be that would be crazy, and in fact, it would be crazy. And and this is you know the the fact is that um, many presidents um, have passed have been have had laws on the books that are protecting equal, equal pay. In fact, for more than fifty years, it has been officially. Um, illegal to discriminate against um, women based on on sex. The Civil Rights Act of 1964, and then the Equal, Pac Equal Pay Act 
1964 both outlawed sex-based wage discrimination. So this makes it so if you are a woman and you are at a company and you think that your male coworker who's performing exactly the same job as you are, if he's making more and you think it's unfair, you can go to courts and sue and win. Um, and people do all the time. That's, that's um, an absolutely a fact. So it's important to know that there, there actually are protections out there for women who truly are being discriminated against. So, um, uh, but, but, you know, so it gets more complicated when you start talking about the next round of laws. It isn't about making equal pay the law of the land. It's about doing something else. Um, and when we hear about things like the Paycheck Fairness Act, for example, which is the one most commonly talked about now, that's really not about protecting equal pay at all. It's about changing the rules and how lawsuits are conducted. And in many ways, it's, it would end up being bad news for women and just good news for trial lawyers. And we should be careful about the things that are pushed under that banner of equal pay. Man, well, first of all, it's good to know that I live in a country that stands behind me as a woman and that would support me if I did take a court challenge to my employer for paying me unequally, although I do work for the Independent Women's Forum, so it's not likely that <laughs> IWF would be discriminating against the women that it employs. Um, so you mentioned that some of these proposed legislative efforts, like the Paycheck Fairness Act, would further you know, regulate or reach the government's arms into the way people are paid. So if government did do those things, or if it did pass the Paycheck Fairness Act and regulated men and women's pay more, then can you talk about maybe more specifically what some of the consequences could be? I mean, I think Absolutely. there's a lot of people who feel like passing the Paycheck Fairness Act or, you know, putting more teeth on equal pay protections for women should just be pretty harmless, right? Or or is there another story? Would there be a tangible effect on our economy? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I think if people um, people assume some of this stuff is is feel good, it's not. At least it's not going to do any harm, even if it's duplicative and not not needed. At least it's not going to to hurt anything. But sadly, um, there are unintended consequences to a lot of these proposals, which could backfire on on women in particularly. Um, something like the Paycheck Fairness Act. Um, if it you know if it makes it so, um, a one of the provisions in the Paycheck Fairness Act is to change how. Um, businesses can justify um, differences in pay between two employees. Um, they right now they can say, oh well, you know that that employee had had um, started to leave and was going to take another job, so I had to give him a raise, and that's why he ended up being paid more. Well, all of a sudden it becomes much shakier grounds. Businesses wouldn't be able to to use some of those um, explanations or use any of those justifications. So they have a lot more. Um, of, they have a lot more fear of, of litigation. And, um, you know, one of the consequences of that is that employers are more likely to want to avoid hiring people who they think might sue them. They may have a reason not to hire women. Um, and that's certainly not good news for women. They also would have a real incentive to, um, to make more, much more rigid compensation schedules. You know, instead of having, um, paying people based on performance or may, having flexible work arrangements, telling somebody, a, a working parent, um, okay, you can work four days a week and then be home with your child on, on Fridays, um, but you're only going to make this much money. And, and, you know, an employee may think that's great, um, but all of a sudden an employer, once they know there's that specter of a lawsuit out there, 
they don't know how that judge or that bureaucrat is going to look at those decisions, all of a sudden they're going to say, hey, you know what? Anybody with this job title has to make this amount. You got to work these hours. I can't afford to give you any flexibility or to personalize this in any way. And again, that's that's not good for women. Women often crave or you know, we're willing to change um, to trade an extra buck for for some more flexibility. So there's some real dangers and downsides to this legislation. Right. I think that's really interesting uh, what you said, Carrie, about the likelihood of, of women being willing to trade an extra dollar maybe for a different kind of intangible benefit, whether it's a flexible work arrangement or another day off. Um, and I think it's pretty clear, you know, when you look at the statistics and you look at the studies and you try to separate out some of the variables that do cause the 78 cents on the dollar statistic out of the Department of Labor. But I think a much more interesting conversation is why are women, why do women and men make different choices, basically? And I think a lot of people point to, um, for example, women's family responsibilities as maybe the biggest driver of the wage gap because women are, are just more likely to spend time rearing children or around the home or with their other family responsibilities. So should we hope for or wish for a different society or culture maybe where men can take on 50% of those responsibilities? Would that ultimately solve the wage gap problem? Would that be a better world? Well, you know, um, uh I think that there's a lot of people who might say yes to that, uh, but there's no place in the world where that world exists or that society exists. And, um, and, you know, and I think we need to be real careful before we start going down that road of trying to decide, oh, well, you know, I really think that um, this is how people should act. And it would be much better if you made these choices um, and you don't know your your own preferences and what's what's best for you. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons. And first, you're, you're absolutely right that the children and people's responses to having children is really the driving factor behind all of this. When women have a baby, their earnings go down. And when men become fathers, their earnings tend to go up. You might say, boy, you know, that's discrimination. That's terrible. Um, Well, you know, certainly we need to make sure we need to keep changing societal attitudes and make sure that it's not biases against working moms and um, other biases um, that work in favor of working dads that are behind this. But really what happens is that most women end up taking a step back from work um, to spend time with their kids. And a lot of men out there often decide when they become dads, boy, you know, I need to give up my, my dream of, of doing this career that I, um, that I had hoped for, but that isn't as stable. I'm going to take something that's much, that earns a little more to provide for my family. You know, that's sometimes dads are making real sacrifices to, to earn a little more money, just as moms make some sacrifices to earn less and to spend more time for their kids. I think that we need to kind of open up this this whole conversation and recognize that um, that you know money isn't everything. It's kind of funny that so often these um, feminist groups and the women's studies professors and um, uh, that they kind of have this fixation on this one number, which is just the end of the day, it's just money. And in another uh, women's studies class, they would say that's a very, you know, male way of looking at things. We women know that there's much more to life than the almighty dollar and that compensation comes in many forms. You know, I, I think it's really important that, um, you know, we want women to be able to earn money and to fulfill their dreams. Um, but if your dream is to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, I want you to feel, fulfill that dream too. And certainly you're not making a mistake by um, by deciding to emphasize uh, family over over your work life, it's almost as if you're saying, Carrie, that sometimes having children isn't 100% burden, but it can actually come with some joy or reward. <laughs> I mean, that's, 
that sort of gets lost in this conversation sometimes, you know, that like, oh, this baby comes along and it's just the end of the world for this poor working woman who has to give up so much uh, in order to spend time with her child. But I think your emphasis on individual choices is, is very important. Now, you've made some choices. I know you have five children and three of them are girls, right? Yes, so you got it. When, when your girls are old enough, and, and I have to admit here, I'm not a parent, and I think there's just some really difficult things to navigate as a parent, but I remember reading in a magazine when I was a young girl that women were only paid 70 cents on the dollar compared to men, and I immediately go to my parents with this, and I want guidance from them, like, Mom and Dad, is this true? Um, so if, if one of your girls picked up a magazine and read this and came to you, Carrie, and wanted to hear about, you know, what does equal payday mean? What does the wage gap mean? How, how would you advise your own children, your own girls, and maybe your own boys too, about how to make decisions yeah. about their career? Or what advice would you give them about how to think about this statistic and how to navigate the workplace? You know, it, and I think you know, it's interesting. So I think that is such that's the real tragedy in all this is is what, that so often I think when people hear the seventy seven cents on the dollar thing and they say and we're led to believe by um, by the president and by um, uh, Mrs. Clinton and all these other um, public leaders that imply that this is all due to discrimination. You know, that's a really disempowering thing. That means, boy, you know, no matter what I do, I, you know, I'm going to be I'm doomed to be discriminated against, and I can't earn more money. You know, that's the good news is that's not true. You know, girls, you can go out there and if, if money is your number one, if that's your priority, then you can, you know, maxim, you can make a lot of money and you can make just as much as a man out there. Um, you need to um, make some decisions. You've got to think about when you're choosing your education and what you're going to focus your, um, your education and your, t- your time and talents on. You know, think about what the pay is at the end of it. Um, being a librarian is, is might sound like a, a nice job, but it's not going to pay very much. Um, you know, focus on some things that are going to be more lucrative. Um, I think those are the conversations that people have to, you have to understand that it's the choices that you make that are ultimately going to determine how much you earn, um, as well as a lot of other factors in your life. You know, and there's one other piece of advice that I, I certainly will be sure to give my girls, because this could, you know, there are still, when you control for all these variables, there are still a few points of the wage gap that we can't explain. And some have, some research has suggested that one possible explanation is that women are more reticent than men are um, to negotiate salaries and ask for raises. And I think you and I can imagine that as a, as a woman, you sometimes, um, you know, you're real awkward trying to say, you know, no, I want more money. And we may, our girls may have had less experience um, discussing money and feel less comfortable. That's something as a parent, I can do something about. I can make sure that my daughter's are comfortable with money. Um, encourage them to understand that you know they need to be able to stand up for themselves, and it's not unladylike to to, um, to try to negotiate um, and to have those conversations. These are things we can do to empower girls and really to open both girls and boys and men and women's eyes to this idea that you know make choices, knowing what you know, have a plan, think through how, what this is, where your next step is when you're ma- making decisions when you're in your early career, um, and you know know what you, know what the the end of the road looks like or what your goals are so you can try to get there um but you should you should be we should be really optimistic i certainly am very optimistic when i look at my at my daughters and sons um that you know the world is what you make of it if you have a good attitude and and try to um come out it with um you know with a focus on what you want to get out of things you know, they're going to be able to go real far both the girls and the boys and carve out the life they want so i hope that people start approaching it from that instead of trying to convince girls that we're all just doomed to be victims 
Yeah. And I have to say on a personal note, Carrie, I don't have any kids. It's just a two person household, me and my husband right now. I actually earn more money than my husband does. But if tomorrow my husband came home and told me that he had a ten dollars or $20,000 raise, then he would be surpassing me. We would have a wage gap in our household. But it wouldn't upset me that much if my husband came home with a big fat raise. Oh, Anyway, I think uh, the, the overall theme of today's discussion is that uh, women and men, humans, we're not robots. We have a lot of different preferences, a lot of different desires, and a lot of different ways that we want to pursue happiness. Um, so thank you so much, Carrie, for joining me. Is there anything else, any other uh, points you want to make about the wage gap or about equal payday? <laughs> No, just happy equal payday and um, and go out there and try to spread spread the good news that the girls are not doomed to be victims. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there if you if you want to just go ahead and seize it instead of trying to feel sorry for yourself. Great. And one way you can help uh, spread some education about what equal payday is or about what the wage gap is, if you visit our website, iwf.org, we've written extensively about the disparity between men and women's wages. We have an excellent three-minute video that's highlighted on our homepage that explains what the wage gap is. And um, we're, we're also going to continue to comment on this issue. So thank you very much, Carrie, for being our guest today on the Working for Women podcast. And if you've listened to this podcast, I thank you for your time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content.